Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to the Self-Build Podcast, where we explore all things home building and home improving in Ireland on both sides of the border. I'm Astrid Matson, your host and the editor of Self-Build Magazine. This episode, we have two different projects to feature, which you'll both find in the summer 2020 issue of Self-Build Magazine. First, in lockdown due to the coronavirus, I caught up with Alex and Michael, who built themselves a timber frame house on a trailer. Excuse the background noise between the children and the husband typing away as the recording was done over a computer line. Where to start now? I <laughs> so I guess it kind of really started um, the year before we were um, starting to build a house. We were away um, living in a camper van in New Zealand. So that, that kind of gave us the inspiration. Like we were kind of thinking, you know, what are we going to do when we get back home? You know, like we didn't really want to commit to a mortgage yet or we didn't want to rent anywhere like we kind of wanted a good wee project or something like so we were like oh maybe we'll build something you know maybe we'll do like convert a horse lorry or something or yeah you know what I mean something like that um and also like a horse like, lorry yeah well yeah. obviously we were kind of like throwing around ideas and stuff yeah so. it started off with a small van didn't it and then yeah. we like, maybe we should go a little bit bigger and it progressively um, got bigger yeah yeah <laughs> also like living in a camper van in New Zealand kind of like inspired us and like showed us that we don't actually need much to live and we're kind of happy living with less so we kind of thought and um, we may as well try and carry that on when we got home in some shape or form so um tiny house just seemed to fit yeah and then i remember it's quite a, a big movement out in new zealand so i remember we were kind of driving down the road through this town and we'd seen one on the side of the road and um, parked up and you could kind of go in and tour around it um so we kind of had a wee like look around it and all and we were like oh these are class like I, I had seen them before on the internet and stuff but I'd never seen one in real life um and then the company who'd built that were renting a few out you know like an Airbnb sort of thing so we were like oh we'll stay a night in one and then we kind of stayed the night and we were like oh we could definitely live in this yeah, yeah. this is like this is, be we awesome. can do this yeah, yeah, yeah. so that's kind of what started it really and what started the inspiration yeah Right. So then you got inspiration from, did you replicate the interiors of that specific one or what did you take away from that specific Airbnb experience? The the kind of size and like, um, you know, how much room there was inside it. Just to kind of, it's different seeing photos of them. You know, when you're living in one, you're kind of, it gives you a better sense of whether you can live in it or not, or, you know, how stuff works and all. But I I think just staying the light in it. Um, and kind of cooking in it and stuff, we were like, yeah, this is is actually pretty easy. Yeah, our everyday life kind of was easy enough to do like yeah. it wasn't whereas in the camper van it was a wee bit more tricky so we kind of like that that, that, that bigger space sort of a thing and yeah mm-hmm. 
So, uh, sorry, the kids are home with the COVID-19, so we're... Oh, no <laughs> There's a bit of juggling going you around here. around us, Jamie, hear a few dogs barking. <laughs> it adds to the, to the atmosphere. You're right, right. Exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so then, so, so what is the difference between living in a caravan in a tiny house than in, in a house on wheels like that? What, what makes it, it's more restricted, I suppose, the space in a caravan, or why? Because they're big yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a good question. Like, cause we kind of get that a lot. You know, people saying like, "Oh, so it's just a caravan, basically, isn't it?" Um, yeah. I think it is a lot different. Um, in terms of insulation. Yeah, for one, there it's just a lot more livable. If you know what I mean, like all year round. Like a caravan will get very cold. It's not very well insulated, and they are a caravan's really designed, in my opinion, for traveling. Like often, yes. you know what I mean. Um, yeah. Like you, yeah. this the size of this thing, you wouldn't really want to be moving it you know every month or every weekend or whatever but the you know the occasional time is fine but it's it's really designed just to kind of be put in a space and then lived in and then you can have the flexibility to move at the odd time and it's also kind of nice to design your own space around your own needs as opposed to having a prefabricated caravan it's kind of nice to have your own saying what where things go and what what needs to be bigger and sort of things like that like we love cooking so we made our kitchen bigger and things like that yeah, I suppose it does feel a bit like you're playing house in a caravan, isn't it? With the yeah, cooking yeah. and stuff, it's not like a, a real kitchen. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah, like we could we could have a full size cooker in here and stuff, and you know, yeah. full size shower. It's, it's kind of it's a lot more homely for us. And yeah, and the insulation, as you said, Alex, I suppose then you you can live in it year round as well, which is a kind yeah, of the idea. Obviously, a big thing like in terms of comfort. Um, when we lived in a little camper van in New Zealand. It, the winter got quite cold, so yeah. we kind of were a bit put rough, off, but yeah. that was a bit rough. So um, kind of thought we'd like to have some a space that is livable all year yeah. round and comfortable. And well, we haven't done the summer in it yet, so it might be super super warm Still. in the summer. But um, it's been pretty can't good. Complain. Though, it's it's nice. been pretty very. It's been pretty good. Now I must say, yeah, we've enjoyed it so far. It's been nice and toasty warm this winter, and yeah, we're very lucky. So then, you're where are you based? Where are you uh, now? You're in County Down, is it? Yeah, yeah, we're County Down and up in the north. So, um, at the minute, it's it's situated on a friend's farm. Um, so she she was kind enough to let us build it there, and then she was like, "Oh, why don't you guys stick around for a while? You know, I like the help." Yeah, she's been great. Stuff, yeah, so. she's been very lucky. Um, she's been very helpful, in letting us kind of sort of like spread roots here a little bit and kind of um, get ourselves settled in it and then we'll kind of think about the next move after mm-hmm. this yeah, yeah. but yeah we've been very very lucky with her okay so then so you're in county down so it's like uk regulations we'd be looking yeah. at um so what's what are the regulations around trailers and houses on wheels yeah are there well, any? yeah well the the vast majority of tiny houses are built um kind of on large roads trailers so the restrictions for that would be a maximum length of seven meters and a maximum width of um i think it's about 2.25 meters and then height wise um there's not really any restriction but there's kind of recommendations which is usually around you know four meters or a little bit more ours is 4.1 i think yeah 4.1 meters um and then weight wise um if you're um building it on a car or like a road trailer it's it's three and a half tons which is not a lot um for a house obviously you could you could get a little bit more if you um if you build on like an agricultural trailer or something you know obviously you don't have weight restrictions but they tend to sit a lot higher off the ground so you're losing a lot of space inside so then did you have to measure you did you have to weigh each element that went into it yeah yeah well, you I, a spreadsheet with all the yeah i done work. kind of a lot of research and um, new zealand has the same pretty much the same restrictions as here and um, so that was good to kind of see you know what steps people have taken you know to save weight and stuff because a lot of the tiny houses you would see here in america and they're big kind of wood things no real heavy built but they would tend to be twice the weight that we're allowed here really so you do have to be careful and kind of just you know take into account everything you know like how much wood you're putting in and like just take steps like that so the insulation then would obviously be fairly light. So it is really about the structure itself that you're where you're adding weight. How yeah. did you how did you reduce weight? Oh, well, pretty much every step yeah. to be honest. Yeah. For example, we would have loved wood cladding on the outside, but we had to kind of go for the corrugated metal. Kind of like it was lighter in terms of mm-hmm. overall, and um, yeah, like yeah, stuff like that. Like the the timber framing is slightly lighter. Um, 
and a slightly smaller size and a lot of the um united states uh, designs would be uh just stuff like that all the furniture is custom made out of lightweight plywood just bits and bobs like that really isn't yeah, it yeah yeah just everything mm. and save weight as much as possible and, and keep track of it mm-hmm. and then in terms of planning issues obviously no real need for planning permission i guess <laughs> even yeah. though you're living in it or... <laughs> yeah yeah well i don't know what it's like down in the south but um from what i've read up here anyway um you technically need planning for for anything that you're living in really it doesn't really matter what it is you know if it's if it's a caravan or yeah or I guess a tiny house or whatever. Um, we we haven't approached the council or anything yet. Um, I'm not really sure. My kind of outlook on it was ask for forgiveness <laughs> instead of permission. But, <laughs> <laughs> but our overall aim is to buy a piece of our own land and uh, like build our own proper like eco large. We call it a large house, like a normal sized house. Eventually, <laughs> so we would like to just live in this um as a temporary structure while we're building. So. It's like, mm. a, there's a rule there, isn't there? You can live in a structure for three years while you're building. Yeah, well, yeah. You, you can get permission to um to live in a structure like people do to mobile homes and caravans and stuff while they're while they're building, um, you know, main houses. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll mm-hmm. probably like there's a there's a group up in Belfast here who are trying to kind of go through the council and get permission and stuff. So yeah, it's kind of a bit of a grey area at the minute. Like no one else has really built one like this before. So yeah, I feel like a few people need to do it and they need to see it. Um, you know the council just to be to kind of realize what it is and be like oh yeah okay this is not like a wee weird caravan like we're not going to turn into squatters or anything yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it looks nice I suppose it's all about the aesthetics with them isn't it yeah yeah <laughs> yeah like it's, it's hard to explain to people and you it's know, also like we're living off grid like we're not looking to plug into the grid like we're you know making our own energy and stuff and um try to keep it as natural as possible and stuff so we're trying not to make too much of an impact on the land that we're living on and mm. so yeah that's kind of an important thing as well and yeah like i think it is, is a really good solution for people our age or in our situation um kind of going forward so i think it's it's something that would maybe be of interest in but mm. we'll just have to see how it goes really and how it plays out how did you build it then walk us through the process so we got we got the trailer back probably about a year ago, wasn't it? Yeah. It was like a trailer, yeah. trailer. Yeah, I got the trailer. That was the start of it. And then I started to gather up. Um, I'd kind of been designing before I came back, you know, sort of playing up with different layouts and stuff, uh, where I wanted the windows, where we wanted, you know, the kitchen, that sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, we kind of started with the trailer and then got all the wood ordered. And then we just built up like a sort of subfloor on the trailer. Um, like a timber frame then insulated that and put plywood over that so that was like a really good base for us to you know start to put all structure on top of so in terms of the walls we just built each wall I kind of had it all in I kind of molded it all up in you know um, Google SketchUp it's like a 3D sort of modeling thing and that's free so we I kind of had that all drawn out and we just took the measurements off and built each wall flat on the ground individually and then once we had them all done, we got a load of friends around and then just got them, stood each wall up individually. Yeah. yeah. They all kind of helped us. And that was a great day. Got yeah. all screwed together. So that was kind of the basic frame pretty much, wasn't it? And then yeah. we just started to do stuff, you know, like wrap it in a breathable membrane, started yeah. to put the windows in, put the cladding in. The cladding was difficult. Yeah. It was definitely <laughs> our longest, yeah. longest process so far. Few swear words yeah. in that process. <laughs> few yeah. mistakes there. <laughs> uh, uh, like what? What happened? Is, was it hard to keep plumb, is it? Uh, yeah. More just like... Like cutting and then like lifting with the two of us, like lifting it up. Yeah, it was only really the two of us. So you had like big long sheets of, you know, corrugated steel and you were yeah. cu- had to cut out the things quite accurately and get them all around the windows. and Yeah, and then the trims on the corner and then we were we were actually finishing off one of our larger walls and then on the last bit it was getting dark and oh, we decided we that. Yeah, cut yeah. it the completely wrong way. Our last ever bit of tin, we were just like, oh, we should reorder more and it was just a nightmare. Well, we can laugh about it now, but back then it wasn't yeah, it so was fun. <laughs> a long weekend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then in terms of the windows did you you didn't buy them new did you 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 designed around the windows wasn't that the yeah yeah so like i kind of had a rough layout and i knew like roughly what size windows it was so we just tried to get second hand ones them pretty quick yeah, yeah we got kind of as close to that size as we could got a few for free and then a few yeah, yeah. a few off neighbors and stuff yeah. um and then just kind of 
tweaked the the framing around that, you know, to fit them. I think going back, I probably would. If I had the budget, I would get new windows. It would yeah. be a lot easier. You know, you could have exactly what you want and stuff. But oh well, hindsight. Yeah. <laughs> well, it costs money as well. I yeah. Suppose. Well, that's it. Like yeah. our budget is super low, so like yeah. we saved a good load of money. Yeah. Yeah. So how how much did you spend on it so far? I think we're at about seventeen thousand at the minute. Yeah. But that's including all the tools I had to buy and stuff. So. Yeah, we had zero tools starting off this, so we had to buy everything. Like we got to borrow a few things from people, but we were kind of eager yeah. to buy our own things for our next project, whatever that is. Mm. But um, yeah, so that's including yeah. a lot of tools. And the so the whole solar setup and all was quite a big chunk of yeah. that too. It was about a three grand's worth. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's not been too bad actually at the minute. So then the the solar system, can you walk us through how that works? Yeah, yeah. So we're pretty much we're just running all off solar at the minute. Yeah, I've been for, been for a month a while. Yeah, yeah, so I'm just looking out the window at it now. It's four um three hundred watt panels, just kind of on a ground mount, so one point two kilowatts. Um and they're just mounted uh kind of a, a little bit away from the house and then the cables run in. Um, it's kind of like an all-in-one like inverter thing, and then that runs into the batteries. And it's uh, let's think, batteries. It's like two hundred amp hours at twenty-four volt. If anyone cares about that, but yeah, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I mean, that's I had kind of calculated out before, you know, like roughly how much solar we need and how much battery we need and stuff. Um, and that was kind of on the lower end what we have at the minute. But it's also, how did you calculate that? How did you come up with the calculations? Did you go on calculators that were online? Or, yeah, there's, you know? a few, there's a few online. And there's a website called Bimble Solar. Um, here based down in Brighton, I think. They, ha- they have some really good calculators um, online and stuff and, you know, things to help work out. But I, at, in the end, I just did it on a spreadsheet, you know, on Excel and just kind of typed out, you know, basically just think that we just sat down and thought about yeah each what thing do we, we use, to use every day yeah. and yeah it's like all oh, the fridge will use this much and yeah a blender, a blender to make yeah all that stuff and... the lights and then just mm-hmm. up, you know kind of if we're using a lot this is how much we'll need during the day and like if we want to go a few days without sun and then just calculated it from that yeah and so did you have a kettle in there <laughs> no <laughs> electric <laughs> There's a few things I had to give up. So like a hairdryer on like dark days and maybe not using straighteners. Yeah. It's like a, a bit of a learning process. So um on sunny days I do all my hair curling if I need uh, to, or like um, <laughs> you know, like nice. So you have to learn kind of um what you yeah. can get away with every day and kinda of, it's actually really good though. It teaches you to kinda of like really um look at the weather and you're a lot more in tune with nature in terms of um things you want to get done in the day. Like if it's very sunny. We have excess solar, so yeah. we've got a little slow cooker, and we plug that in, and basically making meals for free, um, off all the excess solar. So yeah, it's kind of just a learning process, and we're we're getting there as time goes on. But um, yeah, and like yeah. we'll probably upgrade it as well at some point. Yeah, you know, it wouldn't cost much to double the battery bank and add a bit more solar. So that would definitely be the asset. Yeah. And the water then, in terms of drinking water, how do you cope with that? Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. at the minute. Um, just where we are in the yard, there's a lot of horses being moved about, so we can't really run a hose line or anything, um, because the horses would just step on it and stuff. So at the minute, it's dead basic. We're just carting in water ourselves. We have it in a big container, and then it's um, we have like a little countertop filter and stuff. So we're not really using a whole much, um, a lot of water at the yeah, minute. But, but eventually, yeah, the idea is, um, once we move it down into a field for a little while, and um, we'll have a few big um kind of water containers and that'll um harvest water off the rain or rain water off the roof sorry um and then there's a little pump that will kind of pump all that from the container through a few different filters and stuff out to the top in the shower so yeah no, so work. it'll filter it to the level that you can yeah uh, drink it then yeah. yeah we have a big um countertop uh sort of it's like a gravity filter sort of system at the minute um, which filters everything to the drinking it water standard. Well, yeah. yeah, but I'll be putting another filter, um, kind of in line anyway. You know, just to filter the rainwater. And and then in terms of wastewater, you're looking at a compost toilet. Was it for yeah, yeah, yeah. for the toilet? That's the plan. Yeah. Did you put that in yet or no? No, not yet. That's... No, um, we're kind of we're gonna wait until we get it down into the field and stuff because we need a few sort of containers and yeah. you know. And, we were going to buy one, but we decided we are going to maybe build one. Or like yeah, they're, very they're quite expensive to buy, the composting toilets, like the commercial ones. Yeah. They're about a grand nearly, aren't they? Yeah. Um, 
so yeah i mean there's there's not much to them you know what i mean it's, it's really a bucket yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're not that glamorous like. no. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible like but yeah. they're, they're really not that you get bad. used to it we use a lot in new zealand now it's very popular in new zealand yeah, yeah. so um yeah just got to teach our friends yeah. and family how to use them. And they, they don't <laughs> smell or anything. Like, they're actually grand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how does it work? It's Not great. that I'm asking for intimate details. Yeah, you want, you want all the, all the details now? Okay, okay. <laughs> so basically, it's just a container. Um, you do your business in the, um, the, the liquids and the solids are separated. And then you basically use, like, a cover material. So people use, like, wood shavings or peat moss or, like, coconut core like different yeah. things like that and you you just kind of once you've once you've gone you kind of cover it up um and then that's it and then there's a little fan usually i'm going to put a fan inside it which runs 24 7 so um there's kind of like a negative vacuum so no smells can never get out of it um and then once once the container is full you you empty it out whatever way you have that set up um into like a larger compost heap or like an external like a larger container most people use um and then you kind of fill that up and after after about a year or two um you can you can empty that out and it's it's basically just soil yeah um it just it just breaks down into into soil so you can spread around trees or whatever yeah we had to promise our family that we won't use it in our veg patch so it'll yeah, just yeah. be around like trees <laughs> yeah, and stuff it's just <laughs> recommended yeah just around yeah. for trees or whatever yeah but it's, yeah just yeah. in case yeah. just in case <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So where would you source your wood chips and things like that? Like the stuff you'd cover it with, because you need a, mm. you know, a, a bit of a quantity of that to. Yeah, yeah. I was a few local sawmills and stuff that I've kind of chatted them and say they could, you know, they were like, oh yeah, you can just like rock up and like take, take a load, bag, yeah, maybe. take a bag or whatever you want, like so. So the so we have the the water. The wastewater. What else do you need really in a the house? There's not enough flow when you yeah, get um, for that electricity. The heating. So you have your stove was the other big yeah, item, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, that's it's been great. Yeah, well, that's that's our only heat source at the minute, and it has been all winter. Yeah, and it's it's worked out really well, actually. Yeah, we're um, kind of getting used to the balancing, so it can heat up pretty quickly in this house, especially up in like the mezzanine ba- bedroom floor area. So we're kind yeah. of just getting used to. You wouldn't want to have it on all day. Yeah, no one went to light it and how to turn it down and um kind of like three logs so we kind of keep us pretty warm and yeah. nice depending on what looks like outside we tend to light it and have it going for like three hours yeah two three hours or something and it just kind of ticks away but yeah and that's actually been great as well i can actually cook on it as well so i've been doing porridge in the morning and dips and dinners and stuff so it's been a really good yeah so we didn't expect that yeah. yeah didn't expect it at all now so it's been great for that as well so and and what size is it? What's the the kilowatts or however it's rated? I think it's about three kilowatts. It's a small okay. stove. Yeah, yeah. It's, it is a small stove. Very small. So we got it. Um, we got it made by a fellow over in England actually, and um, he kind of specializes in making little stoves for small spaces. So, yeah. um, it, it worked out well actually. Yeah, we could kind of design what we want. It's a side loading. Um wood burner so it's kind of we got to design a bit more what we wanted and stuff and yeah it's been great now it's been a good good investment and and hot water uh no hot water yet unfortunately uh hopefully the gas guy is coming this week fingers crossed yeah please (laughs) it's all sitting there so what's that setup yeah what's that setup gonna be like so it's basically uh it's like a little instant um water heater so there's no tank in or anything it just heats the water as it goes through um, and that's just connected up to the gas. So as, as the um, as the water's pumped through it, it just it just comes out the other side hot. Um, so it's nice and basic. It means we don't have to. We're not heating up water that we don't need. We just heat up what we need. Yeah. So it's um, so it's a gas bottle outside then. Yeah, there'll be two gas bottles outside, um, and that'll feed the cooker and the the gas water heater, and that's that's pretty much it. Yeah. Yep. And and so in terms of transport, then you'll have quite a bit of stuff to lug around if you have to. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm kind of just thinking about this actually, and um, we're planning on leaving the house when the when the ground sort of hardens a little bit more, and we actually have moved quite a lot of stuff into it, so getting it out could yeah. be a bit of a palaver. But um, it'll actually be a good I, I, good thing because we can kind of take everything out and rearrange it and make sure we're using every space properly and efficiently. So yeah. 
yeah, that's going to be a big um, week or two weeks, however long it takes yeah. us to get it all out and in. But... We've, we've only moved it once before, but yeah. it, it was it was only about 100 metres around the corner and there was nothing in it, so it went pretty well. Yeah, it went well. It was very nerve-wracking, but yeah. <laughs> it was a bit of a nerve-wracking day. <laughs> yeah. Did it sway in the wind? <laughs> <laughs> it was all right, actually. It actually did help I mean, really well. I was pretty worried. Like, not that I didn't trust my... Um, <laughs> my uncle, you know what I mean. You just you never really know what these things are like until it's happening. So yeah, yeah. It I was, was like, oh, is it gonna fall over? Is it gonna like? It was a big day, no, I must say. But it held up pretty well. Actually. Yeah, it handled it very well. I was quite. Did you? <laughs> did you pull it with um a car or? No, it was, what, actually, what did you... it was actually like a wee tiny vintage tractor yeah you know, like a little mossy ferguson very rusty one as well yeah that? but um they turned up in it and i nearly had a heart attack i was like <laughs> oh my god but it's actually very well it was good it wasn't a big tractor um because it kind of was able to get round tight corners quite well and, yeah yeah um, it was pretty tight fit yeah, yeah it was tight enough but yeah it, it's, it's um it's built so it can be towed with a big four before ryan reynolds here from Mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, get 20, 20, get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. And and the flu then you also uh, built that so that you can you can um, transport the transport it now that the stove is in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's uh, there's like a break basically just above where it comes out um, of the roof. So it's it's just a little clip that I can undo, and then I can lift the top part of the flue off, so it'll stop it catching on any trees or like power lines, anything like that. And then in terms of um, what else you might change of the design or any kind of tips, oh, advice from that side of things? Oh, you mean like in hindsight? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, in hindsight, which oh, is wow. obviously great to have. Probably a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but you said the windows. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it's not until you start to live in a space that you realize um, you kind of need to get used to like living it and see where things need to go. So we probably would. I'd probably change the layout a lot, to be fair, if I was doing it differently. Would you? Like I would put yes i think i'd probably put the living area below um the mezzanine loft area because yeah. it's it's obviously a much lower ceiling um but you're kind of sitting down yeah in a, in a living room anyway and then if the kitchen was at the other end which is like the full height then you know you'd have a lot of space when you're standing and a lot of height for cupboards and yeah. stuff we seem to use that space more than the living room area so it seems to be like yeah. prioritize areas a bit more um I have a few like interior design things I would definitely change and I'm really eager to get the paint out and change it but I'm trying to get the house finished yeah. first and then we'll go back and change a few things and yeah it's kind of our first apart from the, the van and the events our first experience decorating something as well so yeah. we're kind of learning that as well it's quite hard there's a lot of decisions a actually, lot of yeah. like paint colors and oh my goodness it's difficult um, but yeah you just want to like, finish it first and then mm. we'll go back and think about things we can improve and Make it a little bit more efficient. Like what? Oh. What would you change? That's that's uh, kind of getting on your nerves. There. It sounds like there's something that's. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, actually, not that much. Just I would. Yet. I would change where the door is as well. Yes. I think I would move it more to the middle of the house. It's kind of like right at the end at the minute. Yeah. Um, and I would have the stove kind of in the back corner. And then move yeah i don't even the... know if we would need it we've got like a double patio door as well i don't even know if we would need nah, a patio you door. could get away with a smaller door too. a smaller door it kind of like wastes a wee bit of space having the two doors yeah um, so obviously no wall space where that is yeah so things like that the window in the kitchen i would have had a either smaller window and 
kind of doesn't work that well with the counter just yet. You mean the, the kitchen or the above the sink? Yeah, above the sink, maybe yeah, smaller. Yeah. yeah, things like that. But um, yeah, like it's it's one thing looking at a model, you know, in three D yes. and like trying to like get a sense of the space and like where everything should go. But it's totally different when you build it. Like there's so much things we changed along the way. Like, oh my goodness! Yeah. The position of the bathroom and stuff and the, yeah. We spent a long time laying the plans out in like rope form, like on in a driveway, and like just kind of thinking, like walking through it and stuff. But it nothing compares to when you got it built and you're living in it, you know. Um, Yeah, but apart from that, like we we haven't done bad. Like we're, I'm pretty proud of us. Yeah, we're proud of ourselves. Like it's working pretty well. Like it's very comfortable. Yeah, it's very nice to have your own space. Yeah, absolutely. So then the, the plans for the future, what, what's the eco house going to be like? How big is it going to be? Um, <laughs> oh, we're going to call nice. it a tiny, tiny house or a tiny, uh, tiny mansion, just like a normal size tiny house. <laughs> <laughs> um, we don't actually know. We actually visited an earth ship over in New Zealand. Um, I, I loved it. Like we got to visit the family that lived there and built it. Um, yeah, it's basically made out of recycled materials and it's like yeah, a big kind of... Um, like a round earth wall all the way around it and yeah lots of windows facing a certain way yeah i think whatever way it works you know if we renovate a house or whether we start from scratch or whatever yeah or something like that i would try and design it so it works you know with a lot of like solar gain and stuff and you know can kind of store the heat from the sun and stuff and maybe yeah. like a big lean to greenhouse you know something like that where it would all work yeah you know, kind of as one and then you could have like work with nature and kind of yeah not yeah like there's a lot of different techniques and stuff um that you can kind of use to like heat and cool a house you know that that are just solar based yeah we would also love some more land as well some land to kind of we're quite keen on growing our own vegetables and fruit as well so we'd love some land to kind of establish um some really good veg veg beds or trees and things like that so that's kind of our long-term goal is to be quite self-sufficient and um mm. Yeah, self-sufficient as we can, at least. Um, who yeah. knows? Who knows? Changes daily. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is so, so the Earthship then, is that the ones with the recycled tires that they, they put? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Is that the kind of thing? Yeah. yeah. And it's kind, of, kind it's semi-underground, is it? Or? Yeah, they're kind no. of built, they're usually built into like a hill or something. Yeah, yeah like a hobbit hole almost. Yeah they, yeah, they look a bit weird, don't they? Yeah. They're strange they're looking, nice. but yeah, they're very efficient and yeah like the, the gray water from them kind of filters into all the sort of um vegetable flower beds and stuff yeah you know in the greenhouse everything's all, almost recycled yeah yeah like everything's in like a loop sort of thing so i, I like the idea that i don't know if i build an airship or not but um you I like take yeah. parts from it and i like the principles of it yeah yeah yeah, yeah and so it'd be a full self-build are you going to build it all yourself oh i don't know that's a very good question um I feel like since we've done this, we could do another one, but it just depends in yeah. terms of... I reckon, like, the sort of house we would do, like, stuff like an earthship, you know, it's a lot of, like, rammed earth and stuff, or, like, you know, there's different things like hempcrete or, like, all that sort of stuff, but it's all it's all quite basic stuff, but it just takes a lot of manpower. Yeah, so. oh, we would love to kind of get um, a community, like, sort of involvement sort of a thing. In New Zealand, we did a lot of things, a lot of woofing, so we worked a lot on, like, organic farms and things like that, um, and worked a lot with families and... Um, meeting other people so we would love to get people mm, from yeah. all walks of life coming over and maybe they could teach us how to do things and you know we could kind of all work as a team that would be a, a dream now I must say but um, I don't know whether or not we're, we're the, the position to teach people or not or let them <laughs> teach us um, more of a community feeling because we've kind of done this all ourselves this house so it'd be nice to kind of yeah, get yeah definitely I'd like to get more people, more involved. people involved yeah kind of uh, did you set up a Facebook page for for um or anything like that to try to get a community set up? I thought I saw some, I seen a few, but I don't know if you guys are involved. No, in well, we didn't set one up. There, there's one um like a tiny house community Belfast. Yeah. Um, we were trying to get a little community going, but uh, yeah, oh, we can do a few meetings and stuff there. Yeah. They're doing some good work. But... It's something I would look into, kind of setting up some sort of a um blog or like another we've got our own instagram pages but like something a bit more to do with the whole way mm. of living and tiny houses and then um, almost like a hub for people to come and ask questions and um kind of like see what it's like to live and build something like this and 
it's like permaculture as well or something yeah yeah yeah, yeah yeah a lot of a lot of ties with that actually yeah, yeah exactly like, i think it's just i just like find it exciting you know people like exploring alternatives to the yeah. building ideas like the airships and all and, like i just love all that we stuff. kind of felt that we were quite strange going like against the green almost building this tiny house but as we've gone on like more and more people are more interested and kind of are understanding why we're doing it and wanting to get involved and stuff so definitely a movement starting here which is great i've got a lot of info from just you know like tiny house facebook groups and like the new zealand one is really good yeah um and then there's ones for europe and stuff and there's a uk one as well but yeah just kind of like searching for ideas on that and stuff you kind of see how other people have done stuff and get a bit of inspiration Mm. yeah and youtube i guess oh, yeah, yeah. we're a bit too scared to do the whole vlogging thing i don't think we were that good behind <laughs> in front of the camera we just can't articulate it well i don't think it would be very interesting us to spaces for radio yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah definitely <laughs> uh, that's great and any tips advice in general for people who are thinking of going down this route just get stuck in i think yeah like, just a, just do it yeah there's like a, there's like a million reasons why you shouldn't you know yeah, what i mean like, we definitely went through all of them and we're just like no we just need to get it done and try and yeah just it. just go for it and just take if just start taking the first step then and also like not letting the the mistakes it sounds very um i don't know just not let the mistakes get you down we've made so many and we're just kind of like just keep on going and plugging away and yeah um, and like listen if we can do it like yeah <laughs> we, we never built anything in our lives so we can do it. anybody can for sure well listen thanks a million guys oh, and thanks, uh, oh, thanks so much it's thank been you great. so much thank you our second interviewee is gordon lemoignon a serial self-builder who renovated his home in county Kerry to a high insulation standard but little did he know that all his hard work wouldn't be recognized in his building energy rating mostly because of a lack of photographs so tell us about your your house you bought it um when was that? That was probably 10 years ago now? Yep, 10 years ago. It was a very bad state. Yeah. Um, inside had fallen apart, two thirds of the roof left, woodwork mulligans, so it's back to four walls and a bare floor and start again. So then you, you bought the house to live in or was it like an investment property or what was the idea behind actually buying a wreck of a house like that? <laughs> Lots of considerations. I was going to live in it, yes. I came with the intention of, to Ireland with the intention of building a contemporary new house. But budget constraints say that by the time I'd finished planning and through, I probably couldn't afford the build. <laughs> so yeah, I went for something I could just renovate and keep the contemporary twist for the inside and leave the cottage leaving as it looks as a cottage. So then what you did was um, was try to insulate it f- first. Wasn't that kind of the, the first plan for the cot well apart from structural repairs basically yes um once everything was ripped out new roof on then it was insulation everywhere under the floor in the main cottage it does consist of two buildings a cottage and there was another building at one time would have been separate but in times past it was joined onto the cottage but never actually linked through except with an outside bath so they are linked now but because of the construction i was able to do it in two phases the cottage floor when we ripped up some of the flagstones and the concrete there was very little space because of stones and rock and you don't want to affect the structural uh, there's a structural aspect there's no foundations I suppose no you don't want to start knocking that about too much so I decided the best route after some research was to do foil, in- foil insulation under the floor very good insulation properties very easy to use air tightness great product which I did all the surface on top then the concrete floor I also did all the ceilings upstairs and some of the walls with the foil it looks like a space capsule inside <laughs> And, uh, Should have left it exposed, yeah. Yeah, maybe so. <laughs> what I wasn't doing was looking ahead, and eventually the story goes on to a BER rating, which went wrong. But I just chose the products that suited, were good, did the right job, and it does. It's fantastic. The ceilings I also put insulated plasterboard underneath. The walls I plastered with sand and cement, with waterproofer, then glued on the insulated plasterboard. It's an eternal leaf. No gaps. Um, I've seen in the past people where they've left cavities and interstitial condensation. Fixes that pretty quick. Straight on the walls. Job done. So the walls are stone? The walls are stone. 20 in old money. 26 inches thick. Yeah. Yeah. So. And so you did something a bit strange with the... 
<laughs> you use a vermiculite? I don't even know how you pronounce it. Vermiculite, yes. Yeah. When, I, when I got to the second part, the second building, the stones were a lot rougher in there. Probably taking five coats of plaster to get that flat. So I did some thinking and I thought, well, maybe if I build another wall inside with aerated blocks, leave a cavity, and I came up with the idea of vermiculite. Now, a lot of you will know this is a product that's used in chimneys after you put a chimney line, a flue liner in, and it insulates around. I remember from many years ago when there was a trend to use it in roof insulation. Well, it was good, it worked, but it was well insulated, it blew about. And that was loose fill in the roofs as well? The, the it was, the... yeah. Okay. So I used to go up on the roof and see a, like a, a snow drift of vermiculite. Yeah. <laughs> and nothing the other side. But it's very warm. You put your hand in it, instant heat. But the thing is with vermiculite, it is in little flakes. A concertina-like, with little gaps between the leaves. If you put that in a wall, as is, you can get damp in those little crevices and bridge the gap. Again, research, Mr. Google and others. <laughs> and I found a guy, sound a bit of a fanatic about vermiculite, actually. Anyone I think he would listen, he'd tell him the joys of vermiculite. <laughs> Anyway, I think he did, yeah. yeah. Anyway, he told me to mix vermiculite concrete. You mix it five to one with cement, then wet it very slowly, gently. You mustn't flatten these flakes until it's coated, no slurry, and then you pour it in the, in the gaps. Obviously fills every little place, dries off like a grey-coloured nougat. <laughs> but it does the job. The walls on both buildings taper. They plumb on the outside, they taper inwards towards the top. By the time you stop a hundred mil thinner the wall is. So I left a cavity at the bottom of 50 to 70 mil. Cause by the time it got to the top, in place I've got 170 mil of vermiculite. <laughs> Heat wouldn't dare escape. <laughs> So then you, you had your little saga with the building energy rating. So, I mean, it is an interesting topic. People don't realize that you actually, you can't, even when you build a new house, you can't move into your house until you've got an energy rating done up. I mean, it's not dear. It's like maybe 100, 200 euro or something. But you need to have that piece of paper technically to move into your house. But you definitely need it when you're trying to sell your house, which was your case. And that's when you found out that you actually needed it, wasn't it? That's correct. I have the house there. The house ready for sale, unfortunately, <laughs> due to circumstances. So, of course, the BER rating was necessary. So long game this guy and... <laughs> Had he ever seen a house with vermiculite walls? I doubt it. I don't think so. No. In fact, when I said to him, there was, he said, Oh, but of course there is, isn't there? <laughs> Right. Right, okay. But he said, anything I can't see, I can't give you a rating on. So the second part of the building had the usual rock wall, well not the rock wall, the, the hard foam, phenolic foam of 150 mil. If you can't see it, doesn't believe it. And then all my foil insulation, many thousands of euros worth, no, they don't have D4 ratings for it. So that can't be accepted. Well, because in fairness, the guy has his little spreadsheet and he has to input the values and there is no value for the foil so he can't input it so that's his take isn't it i had to accept it <laughs> obviously i wasn't totally delighted about the prospect so basically all my work went back to default which means bare stone walls no insulation ceilings underfloors now what i did do after he left i found a couple of corners where i could cut out some of the wall insulation take some photographs and that was actually accepted as evidence so did you get anything for that? You got. I did for that, but I took photos of a Mickey and the top of the, the block wall, and I've asked him if that was included, and he's never responded. So I have no idea. Probably not, because you got, what, a D3 or something? A D2, yeah. D2, yeah. So it's probably not. Now, my house is quite cheap to run. My electricity bills come out like 60 to 80 euros every two months. Right, okay. Oil, I have oil as well. I'll have to check on that, but... Well, in, how often would you fill the tank? In eight years, I suspect I've filled it. Not fully. Yeah, Done half fills about five times. Oh, really? Yeah. Right, okay. And But you have a stove as well, don't I you? I have the wood burning stove. Yeah. Which does a lot of the work. Yeah. To be honest. So... Is it a central... Is it a stove that has a back boiler to heat the rads? Or is it just it a has, central <clears throat> stove? It heats the radiators. Okay. I probably went a bit over the top, but... I put in radiators, the stove obviously radiates, and in the cottage I also have underfloor heating. I can switch the oil on, I can stick with the stove, I can use both, so if the wood's pretty poor, I can top up, and the oil burner turns on and off, okay. to top up. I have the option, especially in 
spring or autumn, I can put on the radiators for a quick heat. If I'm around a while, I can turn them off and put the on the floor on. So you have the best of both worlds. So I have there. the best of both. So I don't okay. eat. I don't eat any water. I don't store any water. Okay. Um. Apart from in the pipes and the underfloor, and in the radiator system. The radiator system, yeah. but hot water but for domestic use. Yeah. I have an instant electric heater under the, the kitchen sink. It's for small, your hot water. Small, yeah. Small, three kilowatt, three and a half kilowatt. Turn on the tap, you have hot water. Yeah. Down in the lower room, there's a kitchenette, the same again. And for the bathroom, I have a heater, electric again, which does the shower, a bidet basin and piped upstairs to a small basin in the ensuite upstairs. So unless you want water, you're not heating or saving. And yet your electricity bills are only like, yeah. Only but were you living in the house full time? Or? Been much and varied. Okay. Due to circumstances, I've spent long periods away. But even when you were living in the but house even, full time? Even when they're full time, that is, the bills I've given you are about the maximum value. But I suppose how many people in the house, if you have a family of, of seven, it's going to be different to... And be a very, very friendly family <laughs> if we're in that house with <laughs> Living on top of each other. Yeah. Basically. How big is the house? Um, let me think. End to end with the two buildings, it would be 20 meters. By? Five meters the cottage and okay. six meters the, the extra building. There is an upstairs in the cottage area, but it's single story down below. All open plan. Um, delightful space, actually. Uh, I'm very pleased with it. But what would you do instead of foil? I suppose you could have gone with maybe Aerogel, which is like the spacecraft insulation that costs a fortune. But that's exactly. the other. I, I don't know if they, they must have, I don't know if they even have a value for that as well in the in their spreadsheet. I don't know if they do. Yeah. Um, or um, spray foam, maybe. You could have gone spray foam in the in your cavity. I could have done. Um, cost, maybe. Cost. Again, can you be 100% sure that it's reaching all the corners? How did you go about with the vermiculite? Vermiculite. <laughs> Being this so light, and it's a very soft mix, at the maximum blocks you'd get, otherwise would be four, maybe five in a day. Okay, and then you'd fill behind the blocks. So you do that, fill. Mm -hmm. Make sure every crevice is filled. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then next day, another four courses, mm -hmm. and fill again to the top. Spray foam and beads, I suppose. There's the, the little pellets, the EPS beads that are, could, they're meant to fill the cavity, but you're not convinced. Why aren't you convinced that they would fill the cavity? Possibly the bead would have done. Whether it was something I'd do myself, I don't know. But this was simple, easy. And you know, there's an added bonus. When my wife was around, it was light enough for her to mix as well. <laughs> Extra hand, yeah, 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 yeah. So then, no regrets about any of it, apart from getting poor energy rating. But no, I have no regrets. Um, I'm actually considering making some access holes or something that I can actually prove the insulation is there and getting the rated done again. For what? For the foil? No, for the underfloor. For the phenolic foam. Phenolic foam, and I might even send an example to the SAI. Yes. Of where in the north a man managed to get it accepted as an equivalent to four inches of rock wall. The foil, yeah. The foil. Mm -hmm. And see if I get any response. I doubt it, but hey. It's always worth a go. You lose nothing by trying. I mean, it's just basically just the, the benefit of getting better energy rating is what you're after. Yeah, why I, not? I guess that's why not. I mean, the insulation does exist. But didn't they do a thermal imaging? Did the guy not come out with, like, you know, they can take a photo of the house that shows you where there is air leakage and they should be able to see that there actually is some form of insulation that's doing some job. Did he not do a camera thing? No. They oh, only no. input the values in the spreadsheet. There's that's no all they can do, no. thermal imaging no, or anything no. like that. Okay. I don't think we're that sophisticated just yet. <laughs> no, but I don't think those cameras are that, um, you know, I think they're fairly standard now, but yeah, I guess they don't use them that specific purpose of doing an energy rating. Suppose how much did you pay for your energy rating? And that's the other question. Like it's not very dear for 180 euros. Yeah, so he's not gonna come out with all the kit for, for that maybe. I guess Just, not. Yeah, you're <laughs> you're paying for his time to put it in the spreadsheet and give you a certificate. So then what it because usually with the energy rating at the end the certificate says suggested <laughs> what should you do in your house? What did you get? Did you read that bit? Where it oh, says of course I read that. It made me laugh. For the floors, 
Obviously, because he knows nothing is there, he suggests that I do major works without great benefit. So I suppose I could take up the concrete and put the phenolic foam back down. Um, but there's nothing I could do where the foil is. Yeah, you can't. It's, you don't I'm, have the depth. I, I yeah. don't have the depth to visit. He even, he even suggested or said that my water storage tank was okay because it had factory fitted insulation. I did point out in an email that it does not actually exist. <laughs> a water storage tank, but I've had no response to that. <laughs> How did he say there was a water storage tank? He thought he saw one, yeah, okay. He might have done, yeah. Yeah, okay. I wish you'd, I wish you'd imagined he'd seen some insulation. Yeah, that would have been handy. I've got what I set out to achieve. I have a warm, efficient, comfortable home, an attractive place to live. It does, though I say myself, have a bit of a wow factor. And then in terms of how much you spend in total then? I have a big box file full of all the invoices and I've never been brave enough to total it. <laughs> but I will. But the foil you said was like five grand or something, just the foil alone. Oh, the it? foil is like five, 500 euros a roll. But there's a lot of rolls in there. There's probably five grand just in foil. Then the phenolic, then the vermiculite, then the aerated blocks. Yeah, it's probably in totals. Close on 8,000 in insulation. Well spent. If you want a house that's cheap to run, comfortable, that's where you should put your money. And how about ventilation? I have a four-inch vent into the lower room through the roof. In the cottage, there were two chimneys. I only needed one, so I put the roof over the top where the other one was. But I dropped two four-inch flues down it, four-inch pipes. Exited them onto the gable and then into the cottage. Because at that stage, I didn't know if I'd want them for extract from cooking or whatever. Mm -hmm. But one of them now serves as an air intake into the building, which you must have when you've got a solid burning stove. And the other one actually has served as a bit of a conduit between the buildings for cables. And air tightness then, the plaster does a bit of a job and then with the roof you went the other way with the, the board insulation so you're kind of sealing gaps in there. And you, you skimmed the... I skimmed yeah. the finish. Yeah. And of okay. course one of the beauties of the foil insulation is its air tightness. So yeah, I'm confident it's fairly, yes. fairly good. Very much. My pleasure. For free one-to-one -one advice about building and home improving, and to get quotes from the companies who will turn your dream into reality, come along to any of the Self-Build Live events. The show is in Belfast every February, in Dublin every September, and in Cork every November. To subscribe to Self-Build Magazine, just log on to selfbuild.ie. It's just €4.50 or £3.90 every quarter, delivered straight to your door. And if you like us, give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.